Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of 10 Minutes on Brand. I'm Will Strawn, Chief Growth Officer here at Focus Lab, and I had the pleasure of sitting down with my business partner and Focus Lab CEO, Bill Kinney, to talk about brand mascots. What does a mascot accomplish for a brand? Why are they so rare for B2B companies? And is there opportunity there for those companies to take advantage? Thanks for listening, and let's get into it. All right, Bill. So I've got a pretty interesting topic today. You have no idea what I plan to ask you about, which is exactly how I like it. But I was having a really interesting conversation with a friend this week, and it was all around around the topic of brand mascots. And he said, it's clear that mascots work for B2C companies because you see them everywhere, right? Like you go down the aisle at the grocery store, you watch commercials on TV, B2C companies are leaning into mascots. So clearly they work. Why do you think mascots aren't as common in B2B companies? Do you have any initial thoughts or takes oh, on that? It's, it's a very interesting question that I was not prepared for. And what is even more interesting is we pseudo talked about this in a call this morning with a prospective client. Oh, really? So I'm just going to back up here for a second and say, first of all, mascots bring value. This is basically what we, what we got to in the call today, because a big part of the value that we want to help this prospective client with is trust in the industry that they're in. We need to build trust within the brand. They are a trustworthy company, but that needs to be even more clear because the industry can be shady or trustworthy. So we need to position them more trustworthy. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of ways to do that. What we came to in the call this morning was some type of face for the organization, call it a mascot, call it this a big personality, whatever, is a way to build trust. It's a way to align mm. to a company to say, I actually align to that person's values, how they speak, their humor, how they dress. Therefore, I actually like that brand. That happens sometimes at a CEO level. Steve Jobs would be maybe an example of that. Okay. Um, Richard Branson, blah, blah, blah. But I think that also happens that if you try to distill down to like, what what value does a mascot bring? An mm-hmm. illustrated mascot now. It is still some of that. It's something you can identify to that is not just chicken wings, Right. It's like, you know, you need the Colonel Sanders, like you need the the guy that has his own personality. That's like a story. And it's not just, I love chicken wings. There's like more than that. There's more to sink your teeth into no pun intended. So I think it is to answer your question. Now, I think it is easier in a B2C world to say, this is a consumer facing product. It's direct line to the consumer. And therefore a mascot really going to have a direct line to that person where B2B unfortunately still falls into that world of like, well, business to business doesn't need that. It's like, well, yeah, they do because they're still selling to people too. At the end of the line, there's still a person, there's a human being. Yeah. So I think it just hasn't caught up to the fact that it would be really valuable in that world. Mm -hmm. Here's the kicker though. All it takes is a big dog in the B2B world to do that and show that that's a path to success. Everybody else falls in line, right? So if sales um, force all of a sudden says, Hey, we still well, they, have our main, we still have our main brand. Oh, so who is their, their so mascot? Salesforce does there. So I was trying to think of big B2B brands that do have mascots and Salesforce does have one. So Salesforce, center, what is it? 
So they've got their mascot Astro, which I think you mainly see at a lot of their conferences and more behind the scenes stuff. But Salesforce, out of all the B2B brands that I could think of, some of the ones that were coming to the top were Salesforce has one, which is Astro. GitHub has their OctaCat. Yeah, which is big a, in like the dev space, big. right? And really MailChimp, they're getting more into B&B with Freddie. And then I yep. think Hootsuite has their owl. But really with B2B, those are the only ones that I could really think of. But when you start yeah. thinking of like B2T companies, the, the list is about a mile long. Yes. But is it's there- just further, it's like further along in that way. But I don't think that the value offering is different. Not that's all that to say too, that like a mascot is not helpful for every brand either. Mm-hmm. I think B2B is just kind of like the laggard in, well, in this mascot. World. Yeah. I mean, you and I know B2B companies are typically more averse to risk, right? So you yeah. could see trying to create a mascot as somewhat risky because if a brand isn't committed to a branded decision, it's not going to work. So yeah. maybe there's more nuances to get buy-in at a B2B company to support that. But I like what you were saying. When I think of mascots, it actually helps bring more humanity to a brand yes, that might not have exactly. it, which right. you and I know that's one of the biggest hurdles to get over with a B2B brand is how do we break out of gimmicks and uh, jargon and how do we inject more humanity? So maybe the next 20 years is somewhat bright for B2B mascots and it's just sitting there. Who knows? I don't know. It was, yeah. Yeah. It Again, really got point, me like thinking. If- if the Salesforce mascot became more front and center, maybe not as much internal or conference based, and it became mm-hmm. a real differentiator for them, you'd see all these other B2B companies, every single one going like, oh my God, we need a mascot. Oh my God, we need a mascot. In the same way that everybody started to say, mm-hmm. we need clean typefaces and we need better looking websites, right? Like everybody falls in line. And that's not to say yeah. that's right or wrong, but I think that just hasn't happened yet in the B2B space. Sure. It will take some of the big, the big movers Uh, to start thinking that way. And I would also say that B2B to no fault of its own historically has also been very like corporate and enterprise, which is going to take longer. He said, maybe mascots aren't enterprise. But when I think of some of the biggest companies in the world, Disney is always in my top five. And you can't not think of Disney without Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, how many organizations are dying to work? with the Disney chain at some point, if it's through Disney parks, Disney streaming, Disney movies, Disney merchandising, like that's an enterprise company that has a mascot that's up front and center. And it's not stopping anyone from wanting to do business with them. Correct. I think people confuse mascots for silly gimmicky cartoon characters. It doesn't have to be that again, it can be a person. It could be a very serious face and a person is the actual mascot down to an illustrated version of a octopus cat which has worked really well for GitHub. It's just another tool in the tool belt of a brand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can have too many, if you don't execute it well, you have too many things going on. So nobody knows what to align to. It's just a mess of a bunch of things, but if you do it well, it's another really powerful tool. So now you have hammers, you have Mm -hmm. saws, you have screwdrivers and you know, yeah, the mascot can become another really powerful tool. And I would say, yeah, so to your point, GitHub is a, is a pretty damn good example. Pretty good one. Because the, yeah. the GitHub community loves that mascot, exactly. right? They love stickers, swag, patches, pins, like everything. Yes. So I'm not even in the GitHub community. And I have had an epic OctaCat Stormtrooper sticker on my laptop as a non-developer with no GitHub account and nothing. But like that's still, it's like, 
well, that's pretty rad. And that's what they want, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's what so, their mascot is doing as opposed to maybe other mascots do something different. They help tell more of the brand story and things like that. Yeah, so, all right. So we talked that it adds humanity. All the other things that you said adds excitement because you saw that sticker and you want it. So it added an excited yeah. brand impression and then yeah. memorable, you remembered it, which Absolutely. is what brands die for. They, they die to be more... Uh, connected on the human level. They love to be memorable. And if it's a brand that you can get excited about, which GitHub, and I mean, I have stuff with Mickey Mouse on it and I'm I'm a bearded tattooed man in my mid thirties. Like, I don't care. Like I get, when I put on my Mickey Mouse shirt, I'm like, heck yeah, man, I love this thing. Um, I don't know. It got me really, it was a really interesting conversation. So funny that you had the same conversation because I don't know. It, it, it got my main, my mind was just spinning saying that maybe this is a really untapped potential for the next couple of decades, specifically for B2B brands, that competition is only going to get greater. And maybe yep. some B2B brands need to be a little bit bold, step out of their comfort zone and maybe really ask themselves, like, is there an opportunity to have a mascot, but you got to be smart, right? It, we would Correct. always tell any of our clients. Well. Be smart, be intentional, be committed. Because if you're not, it's going to fail. And then that's a huge waste of money. But uh, I love it. I, I think love MailChimp is another, MailChimp's another great example. They have yeah. not taken the foot off the gas pedal on Freddy, their mascot. They've redrawn him. They've polished him over time. But like he is definitely a big piece of their brand. He's a personality. Yeah, um, they made him real. Like we've got the little yes. figurines. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. it gives you so many other opportunities that, a typical B2B brand wouldn't have, right? Most B2B brands don't have the ability to make a little figurine that people are going to be standing in line for at the conference. Right, limited edition right? versions of it and stuff like that. Yes, that's that's where you start to get beyond the features mm-hmm. and, and, and all of those things. You're not, you're not selling and you're not enticing people anymore with just the features. Like what else is going to have of any interest to somebody about your brand? It's like, that's pretty cool. I would go stand in a mail a mailchimp line for a limited edition Freddy mystery box. 100%. Well, and the thing is with B2B brands, it's like it's important to get to the decision makers, right? So, when you look at these B2B companies, there's always a decision maker at these enterprise companies, but to have the influence of the people that are going to use the product is extremely powerful. If yeah. you have, you know, engineers and writers and designers and marketers that are really excited about a brand and you're the ultimate decision maker at a a B2B company, you better believe you're going to kind of give that, that company a little bit of attention to say like, maybe I will consider that company because all of my employees are like obsessed with it. They're wearing the shirts. Like they got stickers yeah. on their laptops. Like these leaders at these B2B companies, their ears are open, right? They don't want to bring in a technology product that their team doesn't get excited about. They want to bring something in that gets embraced. And maybe a mascot is a way to not only reach the decision makers, but the people that are hands-on with products, but yeah, it, it, it got, my wheels were turning the other night. And I was like, oh man, I gotta, I can't wait to actually ask Bill about this. Cause I'm curious about your take. It's a cool combo. It'll be interesting yeah, to see how that evolves over the next 10 years and who leans in and who doesn't. Yeah. We'll, we'll watch this video 10 years from now and see how right or wrong we were. <laughs> but, well, the thing right, is like, I don't even know if you can be right or wrong. There is value there. It's just if the right company adopts it and if they execute on it well, I Very would true. feel like there is no wrong there. It is only right. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks, Bill. This is another episode of 10 Minutes on Brand. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Do it again.
Ciao. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know any future topics you'd like us to discuss on 10 Minutes on Brand or just say hey on social media at Focus Lab LLC. To stay up to date with the latest from Focus Lab, subscribe to our newsletter on our website, focuslab.agency. Thanks for listening.